0: That's, yeah, just hits deep because it's just amazing to hear that. Like it's it's a sense of relief and just thinking, yay, like I'm at the next stage of trying to get some more comfort in this fear. And it's, it's so funny how you say it is like you're in the back of the trunk and the six-year-old's driving because mm-hmm. I do feel like when I'm on the toilet having that time where I'm starting yeah. to feel really sick yeah. and worked up, it's like I'm having a fight with the six-year-old self.
1: Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Boundless Self. Today's episode is incredibly special. This is a huge, huge moment for me and for the podcast. Today's episode is the first live coaching session on the podcast and I am absolutely over the bloody moon. To be able to bring you episodes like this, my why as a coach and inside my business is to help others feel less alone in their pain and in their struggles, because I know how powerful it can freaking feel when you say, oh my God, somebody gets me. Somebody struggles with that. Somebody has thoughts or feelings or fears like I do. I know how powerful that moment is and how connecting it can be. This is why these episodes It's why I'm going to bring you so many of them. And it's why it's such an aligned decision and business venture for me. So I'm very, very excited to share this with you. I'm also really excited to share with you the inside scoop of what a coaching session even looks like with a client. Inside this episode, I am joined by an amazing woman. Her name is Kez. And I connected with her on Instagram, I think a year or two ago. And we've developed a beautiful relationship on her Instagram, which if you don't follow her, I'm going to tag her in the show notes please hit follow, but she shares extremely openly and vulnerably about her struggles with anxiety, specifically coming off anxiety meds. She's an amazing human being. We've developed such a beautiful relationship, so I'm very excited to bring her on. Today's episode is a beautiful, deep, and heavy one, and I want to share with you what this episode is about and what we go through so that you can make the decision as to whether listening to this episode is going to support you today. Inside this episode, we discuss Kiza's fear and anxiety around vomiting, specifically talking about her grief and about her experiences with anxiety. It's an amazing episode where we go deep into inner child healing, into validation and empowering her to rewrite the story of her past experiences so that she can really support her inner child and learn to reparent herself moving forward. I also dive deep into a topic I'm very passionate about, which is sharing where the work as a coach ends around trauma and where other work begins. And the really big differences about what I can and can, what I can and can't go into into these topics with kids and the reasons why. So if you're a coach and you want to know a bit more about that, that's a really great place for you to listen as well. If you're someone who's been thinking about working with a coach, this is also so valuable because you'll be able to really see, feel, hear and experience just what it's like on the other end. So this episode is going to be amazing. If you would like to apply to be coached live on the podcast, I will again share the link in the show notes and you can pop through to WeForm that shares a bit more about what's involved and you can apply. So very exciting, big moment here. And without further ado, I'm introducing you to Kez and to this amazing episode. Please make sure you make sure you look after yourself off as you listen, take breaks when you need to because this topic is, it's beautiful and it's intense and it's heavy and I resonate with so much of it. I really honor Gez's vulnerability throughout this. She is just amazing sharing some of her deepest pains and struggles. So let's do it. So I'm joined here today by the amazing Kez, who I connected with on Instagram. We were trying to work it out before we hit record, but I think possibly one year, maybe two years ago, and she has always just been a superstar, a little supporter. And when I popped out on my Instagram, you know, as anyone looking for support and who would be willing to jump live on the podcast, she was the first person to be like, yes, me. Um, And I know that it's going to be amazing. So welcome to the Boundless Self podcast, Kez. How are you feeling today? Hi! Thanks so much,
0: Kathleen. I'm feeling really good.
1: Yes, feeling good. Excited? Yeah, yeah. Excited (laughs) to come out. Yeah, nervous as well. I love it. And so, what this is, everyone who's listening, this is a live coaching session. And the intention behind this is that you get to see what it's like to be coached, and you get to see, feel, hear, and understand a problem that somebody is facing, and perhaps resonate with yourself. And you might resonate with parts of it. You might resonate with none of it. But it. It's really interesting to hear somebody else's story and it's really interesting to, to witness how they work through it and to any other coaches who are out there. I love listening to episodes like this because I love listening to not only the clients and what can happen inside the short space of you know a one-hour session, but also watching the coach and watching how they hold space for their client and how it goes. So today's episode is going to be about you know what's most alive for Kez at the moment and what she's wanting support with. So Kez, do you want to tell us a bit about what you'd like some coaching on today?
0: Yeah. So I was thinking today, my biggest live thing that I've struggled with for a long time, as long as I can remember, is a fear around vomiting. It's a really Mm. big trigger for me, for my anxiety. Wow. Yeah. And how long, how long have you experienced it for? What's it been like? Oh gosh, going back probably, it ever, it came from when losing my sister, she was quite Mm. sick. And when she had passed away, she vomited before All the events kind of happened. And I was at such a young age. I think I was six at the time. So it just really stayed in my mind Mm. the whole way through. And then repeating again when my dad became ill and before he passed away as well, he was vomiting all the time. So I think just being around that and linked in with grief, it's just been
1: such a big fear of mine wow this is huge and you you've already like i know you already work with a coach and you've obviously done a lot of work around this area yourself as well and your anxiety which i really want to acknowledge but you 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 see it in yourself right you see the fear but you see why the fear exists you see the links the links that your mind has made so in your own words and the work that you've done i'm so curious to hear like why do you think this fear exists and is alive for you
0: yeah just going yeah i'll just i've probably came more noticeable since I finished uni and life just slowed down because I felt like when I was at school, then I went and started work and then I was at uni and then all of a sudden uni was over and I thought, what am I doing in my life? Like it's mm. through the uni holidays, I was thinking this is just so boring is all I do is just like go to work, come home, sleep, eat and that's it. Like no study, no nothing to do. I was so busy, like always
1: yeah,
0: keeping myself so busy and I started to find that I was starting to get quite anxious and I never noticed I was getting anxious or any anxiety before that. Wow. Especially at night when I'd sit down for dinner, I'd start to feel quite worked up and it would
1: have like cause physical symptoms. Mm, right. So dinner time's a big trigger time for you and sounds like the the boredom but also the busyness can come into it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just the first time properly being bored and just sitting down at dinner time, I guess at the end of the day, when you're trying to wind down and relax
1: Mm -hmm. and start Mm -hmm. to eat dinner and it would just hit me out of nowhere. Wow. And what else, I know you've talked a lot, like I really, if you don't follow Kez, I'm going to link her below on Instagram, but what I love and admire about you is you share really openly about your journey with anxiety. And I know that your anxiety is alive, not just here, but in other areas of your life as well. But it sounds like this is a uh, a big trigger that's come through. And its I really want to just say that this is linked to a lot of trauma, a lot of grief. And by no means am I an expert in this area at all. And what I hope to achieve with kids today is to sink really deep into my coaching skills, which is supporting kids to understand herself at a deeper level and understand what she might need, what this part of herself that fears and that has this fear what she might need in order to, to gently start moving forward. And whether that be, you know, going to see a trauma therapist, whether it be going to work through more grief, whatever it is. And I really want you to see here that this is not a problem to be solved. Not at all. This is like, you just said it perfectly. Like this is a, a symptom that you're experiencing. That's been linked from many, many horrific experiences in your life. And it's coming to, to life in your body and in your mind. And you know that your mind is trying to protect you from something, you know it. Yeah. as soon as as any fear pops up instantaneously I always love to remind everyone that as soon as a fear pops up that fear is it's protection that fear is trying to protect you from something yeah so if we thought about it from that lens because it sounds like you have a bit of an understanding about it you you understand why it's there so you can see okay looking from your mind's eye you're like ah okay well right before some really horrible things happened they vomited they experience those yeah. symptoms and I'm curious before they pass, if you're okay to, and rem- remember that you are in control of this entire experience. But anytime yeah. you want to like, say nope too much. I don't want to go into this topic or I'm feeling unsafe right now. I trust kids that you know what unsafety feels like in your body. Cause you've done a lot of beautiful work yeah. in this area that you're in charge of this arena. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm curious before they passed was there cause you've linked the, the boredom I'm curious where the boredom comes in because it almost sounds like that's the trigger, the point before the trigger evolves.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because all the coaching that I have done and I've come a long way with reducing my anxiety attacks and things like that, it's not as present anymore. Mm. No one's ever actually linked it with boredom before. You're the first one to do that. (laughs) So that's quite exciting. And I don't actually know where it comes from. Yeah, But, yeah, like just I guess – I'm trying to think where where am I going to go with this? <laughs> yeah,
1: and again, this is perfect. Let's let's do a little yeah. thematic exercise here because I think this is really important because remember what, with all of this, this anxiety, as you know, it lives in your body, doesn't it? It yeah, lives in it your does. body. So does fear. Fear lives in our body. It's, an, it's a thing that's alive for us. Our body has reactions to it. So if you close your eyes with me just for a moment and take a big breath in, and I just want you to think back to, the, just think about the word boredom and what it feels like to be bored. What happens in your body, whether you're relaxed, whether you're anxious, taking those beautiful deep breaths. What do you
0: notice? Uncomfortable comes up. Like it just feels uncomfortable.
1: Wow. To be bored. It feels uncomfortable to be bored. Beautiful. Yes. Open your eyes now. So what we're doing here, kids, with this, this is a little, cause I know you love learning about this and so will everyone else. This is a little <laughs> titration method that I like to use because so often we think that we have to know up here like analytically and logically we think we have to know where stuff comes from you know so with the boredom and this is a this is a loop that myself as a coach i found that's why i love somatic work because somatic was the missing link for me i found that i used to get so caught up in here going why 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 do i feel this way you know and for you it would be you know why is this fear of vomiting coming up why does anxiety come up why am i bored and we could go down that road of boredom and go okay where does boredom come from what does that mean what does that feel like which we will eventually but you actually don't even need to know logically where it comes from. You don't need to know what happened. Your body will tell you just like that. Right. Then that little somatic titration exercise where you just, you know, really gently, really easily close your eyes. You instantly found discomfort around the word boredom
0: right? I, I couldn't believe
1: like how strong the uncomfortable feeling came up. I could feel it in my body. Yeah. Straight away. So yeah. straight away, we already know without having to, without even having to analyze, because like I said, so often we can get so stuck in, in the analyzing and trying to connect the dots from the past, which can be really valuable. However, I want to preface the point that you don't need that in order to be able to move forward and to get where you want to go. You don't need that. Your body is already telling you, I've got some shit around this. That's what's happening, right? Yeah, I've got some damn. I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be bored, right? No. And it's really interesting. So if we look at that link that your body has between, or your mind has at the moment between boredom and the vomiting, and we see, okay, boredom is perhaps a trigger point. So every time the fear of vomiting arises, does it happen when you feel bored? Or does it happen when you feel uncomfortable, that same feeling you felt there?
0: I think it actually comes up when I feel uncomfortable, Mm, like just thinking when I've been around people, and it's funny because I'm a registered nurse and I've got Mm. a fear of vomiting, like (laughs) it petrifies me. (laughs) (laughs) the most silly profession to go into when you've got that fear. I love it, yeah. But I find if I'm around people who have vomiting or diarrhea, like contagious, Mm. I will freak out and I just stress so much and my anxiety will hit where I have to go to the toilet straight away thinking, yes. have I caught the disease straight away right now? Yeah. Wow. But yeah. other times if, I, if I'm around someone that's sick and it's they're vomiting for a different reason, I'm totally chilled. It just comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm going to get sick, I'll freak out if there's a chance wow. of me getting sick. It's like the end of the world, but if they're just sick, the poor
1: things, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's okay. It's just them. It's not contagious. I'll be fine. Mm, but so it's the idea of the contagious that you might get sick, right? Yeah. That, that might happen might to sick. you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And like, as me and Kez were talking about this in our DMs when we were talking about this and we were bonding over the fact that our bodies, like I've struggled with IBS, you know, most of my life. And I was saying the same, as soon as I get nervous, I'm shitting myself instantly. You yeah. know, <laughs> um, it's literally happened totally every time. Right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And like that. And I think that's been a big part of my journey. It sounds like a big part of yours with anxiety is that you realized how fucking powerful your mind is. If you can think your way to shitting yourself, like if you can think <laughs> your bowels to becoming loose, it's pretty crazy, yeah. isn't it? That That's how And this is where we get to respect the reaction that your body's having. Your body literally thinks you're going to die. The reason that, you're crapping yourself and I'm crapping myself when I get anxious. The reason that happens is because your body is going, get everything out of me because I'm going to have to run or fight for my life. Right. That fight, flight instinct is kicking in. That's what it, that anxiety does. And this is where you get to respect and have that like real m- moment of like, damn, my body is really afraid of this. Like they've built a really big fear around this. Like it thinks I'm going to die. Right and this is where you link it through to the the grief and the experiences and so you mentioned that before they passed both of them vomited yeah yeah
0: yeah it was always very present like my sister I still remember coming into the door and seeing her vomit right in front of me before she collapsed. Wow. And I was yes. six and I still remember just running out to the clothesline, being so terrified, thinking what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I explored it more when I was going on to the self-development journey to try and figure out where these triggers are coming from. Mm-hmm. I went down and sat with mum for a whole day and I made her tell me everything that happened with my sister and with my father before they passed. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much more and it kind of, As hard as it was, it was a huge relief thinking, oh, wow, I have more reasons than just one to be so anxious about this fear.
1: Holy shit. Yeah, you do, right? Yeah. And, like, this is this whole process of reparenting your inner child and saying your fears are valid, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Your fears are fucking valid. They matter. You have a real you have two real life trauma incidents that have happened really intense, really scary. And you were so young, you know, that have happened and literally the worst thing that has, has happened, they, they passed, they died. And a piece of you, a piece of your inner child, like that's just where I want to go right now. A piece of you is is there with them, you know, a part of you fears, a part of you fears that as well. And what I want to really preface here to everyone, this is, and the reason I wanted to do this with Kez is because this is such a beautiful, intense topic and it's filled with trauma. And as a coach, I know I'm not qualified to heal the root of somebody's trauma. And I'm very passionate about saying that. But what I want to reiterate here is there's a really big difference here and how I work as a coach. And for anyone who's listening, this is, this is how I've learned to operate. This is the way that I've been trained. And this is the way that I feel most secure helping people is when I know that their trauma has been processed. So, for example, right now, Kez has been able to sit here, tell me about it. She's worked with lots of people around it. She's she's processed what's happened in her mind. She's understood what has happened to her. There is no um, reaction right now when she's talking about it. There's no big blanks in her memory. There is no signs that she needs to go back and reprocess that trauma. She's now facing that the experiences and the symptoms that are arising with the remnants of this these experiences in her body. But she's done a beautiful amount of work to get here. And sharing this kids because it's something really important to talk about as a coach is knowing your limits. And I know that you've done the work to be able to come here now. And you've done the work of feeling safe in your own body. You've done the work of understanding your anxiety. You've probably done, would I be right in saying a lot of work around your grief as well.
0: Yeah. I've done a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's just, there's a really big difference here. And that's why I wanted to to go through this with you today, to use in a child work. Cause that's what I really feel is so important here for you in a child and somatic work to help you get wherever it is that you want to go. And so what I am curious around is what would you, and I don't want to say solve, but where would you, how would you like to feel instead? Instead this? of having the fear of vomiting or... yeah. Yeah. Oh, to
0: be honest, I would just love to be able to get really drunk and not worry about vomiting the next day or something.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> hell,
0: well, yeah. Yeah, well, eventually one day falling pregnant and not being scared of that whole nine months. Am yeah. I going to be sick? Is this going to be hell? Because it's wow. such a beautiful experience. So just having that fear. And I also find it's probably held me back from becoming really active and losing the weight because when I go to the gym and my heart rate's racing, I start to mm. sweat, I think, am I going to rest myself being
1: sick? Mm. Like it sounds so silly when I say it out loud or think about it. And I I want you to, I want you to pause here for one second. I want you to really, and this is just a really powerful exercise you get to do right now (laughs) for your inner child. You said, it sounds really silly, but I want to tell you this doesn't sound silly at all. Your body thinks that you're going to die because that's what it saw in your mind. And remember, I truly believe this is your inner child speaking up when you were so young when this happened as well. If you're thinking about your inner child's experience and what they shared, what do you think they linked together that formed this fear? Mm. The tough one, to be honest. Yeah. Can I share with you what I see? And you can prompt more into it. But what I see is you experienced seeing someone vomit and seeing someone die. And so in your mind, remember this is, this is your childlike mind. Your childlike mind doesn't know all the things you know now, doesn't know all the other reasons, but in your mind, in your chi- in a child's mind, vomiting was the cause of death. It puts those yeah. together. How does that feel when we speak about it like that?
0: Yeah, it makes me feel a little bit worked up, like I can feel that would be so strong for me, to be honest. Hell and that's yeah. how my anxiety shows. So when I start to feel sick, not that I'm thinking that I'm going to die, but uh, obviously, I'm uh, in some way I act like it. and it really so, works. Up. Yeah, that right
1: there, and that's why I want you to practice this validating. Your fear is so valid, and this is so. I work in parts theory, and but there's multiple parts of you that are alive and live inside you. I love to think about them as multiple personalities, almost. You know, and your inner child is one of them, and your inner child is that part of you that's trapped in time. And they have a childlike mind. So just like you experienced right then perfectly that you had two different parts of you that are alive in this fear. You have the adult part of you who knows there's nothing actually to be afraid of. Vomiting's not going to make me die. But you have your inner child as well. So if you're imagining and your inner child thinks, God, if I vomit, I'm going to die just like what I witnessed, right? So when you have these fears and when you even think like you said before, it sounds so stupid to say it. I want you to practice saying to your own inner child, it does not sound stupid. Your fear, your fear is the least stupid thing. Your fear is so valid. So I want you to go back to that part, back to that sentence that you were saying and you were explaining how you want to be able to, you know, fall pregnant without worrying about vomiting or you want to go out for a night out without having to worry about the hangover. Yeah. Go back there. What else do you want? Just have that freedom, not
0: having a fear of around vomiting. Like if I'm going to vomit, just telling myself it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. and believe it in that time.
1: Yeah,
0: totally. and And not have to ask for reinsurance of other people, I found was a really big thing and I have been working on it a lot, so I have settled down a lot. But before... I would call up mum, I'd call up my brother, I'd call up my sister, I'd call up anyone I could, I'd drag my partner, come and sit with me while I feel (laughs) sick, to just telling myself that I'm okay in that moment Mm -hmm. would be nicest to do
1: it on my own. Totally. I love that. And I really want to acknowledge what's happening here. So, kids, I want you to imagine it like you, have you ever seen, have you ever seen the, the Hulk or the Hulk movie, like in the Avengers? And he, yeah. there's that time at the end where, well in the most recent ones where the Hulk takes over. Right. And like he lives as the Hulk for ages. And when he comes back, he says, normally it's like, you know, we're kind of sitting side by side, but this time it felt like I was in the trunk and the Hulk was driving right? When he got stuck in that state. And so that's always how I love to imagine it. I love to imagine that our mind or our our head, whatever you want to call it, our mind is like the car with the steering wheel. Yeah. And what happens is different parts of us, when they get triggered, they step into the role and they step into driving. So what happens is for you, the trigger point, I think, is actually the, the feeling of being uncomfortable, which could be linked to boredom as well. But that yeah. feeling uncomfortable could happen in any scenario, right? And so that so- as soon as you get that feeling in your body of like a little bit of discomfort, what happens is your brain goes how did I get through this last time? How did I get through this last time? How did I survive this feeling? Right. And what I want you to acknowledge here is it's, it's silly and frustrating, but this is what you get to understand is that your brain is programmed to survive. So your brain is saying, what did we do last time to survive this feeling of discomfort, this moment of discomfort? What do we do? Your then inner child goes, oh, I took over, inner child took over and I, my fear came to life and I felt really anxious and I called everyone around me to get reassurance and that's how I got through it, right? And your brain goes, ah, perfect. Let's just do that again because we're alive right now. So it must have worked, right? So remembering, and this is so key and clear, remembering that your mind and your subconscious because your inner child lives in your subconscious mind remembering that they're thinking about survival, nothing else. That's your body's number one goal is to survive. Okay. It's not to thrive and feel free of fear and feel abundant and flowy and all of those beautiful things. Your body's goal is survival. And so all these subconscious programs, which are, you know, your inner child or your things you do automatically, which, you know, like you said, calling someone for reassurance, All of those things are within your subconscious and they get activated from the trigger. And the reason those patterns replay themselves is because your body says, what did I do last time to survive? I did that. Great. I must, it must've worked because I'm here. I'm alive. It worked. I'm going to do that again. That's our best chance of survival, right? That's incredible. Yeah. And isn't that crazy to think about your, like like I said, your body and your brain, your subconscious is actually very smart. It's very, very smart. it's it's got its goal, which is survival, and it's like, we're gonna make it. We are gonna make it, and I know how to do it, right. Your inner child gets triggered and comes through with these fears. and what's happening is is rather, and you you felt this, you said it perfectly, rather than your adult self being able to talk yourself through the fear what's happening is six-year-old you however old they are they're stepping forward they're driving this car and they're six years old and they have no fucking clue how to drive right (laughs) and so they're like "Fuck!" and so they're like god who do i call you know i need help i need reassurance and they they also go into that state of like i don't know if i'm sure other people have experienced this but that that horrible time right before you vomit where it's just awful like that feeling is absolutely horrible right yeah and i'm i'm sure most people can really resonate with that and as an adult i know that you have the ability to go hey i know this feeling will pass right just like we do with pain like we do you know going through a breakup like we do with any other feeling you're able to go as an adult your adult self is able to go hey this is temporary it's going to pass you're going to be okay just breathe right but a child And this is why it's really important to acknowledge that when you get into this trigger and this state of anxiety, your adult self is locked in the trunk. Your inner child is driving. A child does not have the ability to regulate their own body, to regulate their emotions, to tell themselves it's going to be okay. All they see is the fear of death staring them right in the face. That's yeah,
0: just hit steep because it's just amazing to hear that like it's, it's a sense of relief and just thinking, yay! like I'm at the next stage of trying to get some more comfort in this fear. And it's, it's so funny how you say it is like, you're in the back of the trunk and the six year olds driving because mm-hmm. I do feel like when I'm on the toilet having that time where I'm starting yeah. to feel really sick yeah. and worked up. It's like I'm having a fight with the six year old self.
1: Exactly. And they're just not agreeing. <laughs> and they're just not agreeing. Yeah. No. They just, and that's why I love parts theory because it gives you the ability to name all of these parts of you that exist and to acknowledge their fears, right? Because you've, I'm sure like thinking about any big decisions you make in life, you always have conflicting ideas about it, right? Yeah. Yep. Those are two parts of you that are alive, two parts of you that want different things that have had different experiences, that have a different belief system, that have different sets of values, have different priorities, different needs, right? And that's, you said that word perfectly. You said, I feel like they're fighting. I feel like they're fighting, Right. And nobody's ever going to win and nobody's ever going to feel safe. No, if you're fighting, right? You're never going to feel whole and safe and okay if you're fighting. So in that state, and I want you to imagine that, imagine there's a child that you're looking after at work, right? So you, so you work in the hospital, yeah? Yeah. Imagine there's a child in front of you and they are going through that experience, starting to feel sick and they're having that horrible wave of nausea come over them, they're feeling really anxious, they don't want to vomit, they're starting to cry, they're getting worked up, how would you support them in that moment as the adult in the room? Yeah, well, when I've got the nursing
0: cap on, mm-hmm. I'll be shitting bricks thinking inside myself, thinking, yep. oh, no, am I going to get sick? <laughs> Good. And then I'll be outside, myself. yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah. how do you, what do you need to do for them? How do you meet their needs? What do you say to them? How do you treat them? you comfort them you just ask them if they're okay we're here we you tell
0: them that you're here you're going to support them you're going to be okay after this once you vomit you'll feel better
1: yeah exactly yeah and those words of reassurance what happens because I'm sure you've done this many a time what happens when you give them that comfort and that reassurance what happens for them they just settle down like you just calm yourself yeah beautiful so that's this beautiful relationship that you're seeing between an adult and a child right and really really fucking important to acknowledge children do not have the ability to regulate themselves and what I mean by that is when a child gets worked up and their nervous system activates and thinks oh my god you know I'm in danger something bad's going to happen which is what happens when you feel feel uncomfortable feelings their body does not have the ability to come back down. They need and rely on an external figure, likely usually an adult, a parent, a caregiver, to co-regulate with them and to help them calm their nervous system down, to help them get back into safety out of that fight or flight response. So I want you to acknowledge that because when you're in a child's taking over, you don't have that ability either. So, for you to be calling for help when you're when you're in that state, it's really smart. It's really smart. Your inner child, like it's like a child calling one 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 when there's no adult around. Like it's amazing that that you've done that. So do you see all this work that we're doing right now is changing the story of your past experiences and acknowledging how well your inner child has done and acknowledging how valid their fear is? And that it's not yeah. stupid, it's not silly, it's fucking horrible and it makes sense, right? And when you think about it, again, if there's a child in front of you, and let's say they have a really kind of irrational fear, you know. Um, when you speak to them about this irrational fear, I don't know, what's a really what's an irrational fear? Um, oh, I've got a good one. You know. Well, I don't know if you have it, but, you know, when there's like a glass thing that you stand on and you can look down and it's quite scary Like, and you're like, oh, Jesus, like, I feel like I'm going to fall. <laughs> and like, I know some some kids, some adults even, you know, will be, will be like, nah, I'm not standing on it, too afraid, you know, it's <laughs> so bad. Um, And what you would do in that point is instead of saying, oh, come on, you're so stupid, you know, just go stand on it, you're going to be fine as the loving adult parent that you are that exists inside of you and that exists inside of me and exists inside of so many of us you would say hey like I get it it is scary isn't it like it's really scary to go stand on the thing looks like you're gonna (laughs) fall through it right and that instantly like how does it feel for me to say to you because right now what we're doing is I'm taking on the role role of your inner parent and you're sitting in your inner child how does it feel for me to say to you your fear is so valid it makes sense that you have these fears and that you're experiencing this. How does that feel?
0: Just takes the silliness away. Like it gives me comfort and confidence knowing that it's okay to feel this way. I do have a reason for it. It's not just coming up out of nowhere for just no reason.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. And so when we're working with these parts of us feeling seen and heard, that's the most important thing feeling important, feeling validated, because you know it would be much easier to go stand on that clear piece of glass if somebody said to you, hey, I get it, it's a bit scary, I know, rather than somebody saying, oh my god, just get over it, you're so silly, right? And so this is where you step into going, okay, I get to be, like now that I'm an adult, I'm not a child anymore, I get to know that I can step into my role of being an inner parent whenever my inner child arises. So what we're going to do, and this will be a process that you will do over time, and it will take time because what we're doing here is we're creating new neural pathways in the brain and we're repairing the relationship that your inner child has with their environment and with things and with feelings, especially with that feeling of uncomfortability and which can be triggered by boredom right and you know we get bored very easily we're we're human beings that get bored (laughs) okay but what I want us to do now is to start you on this journey of learning how to reparent your inner child because what you mentioned was you wish that you didn't have to seek reassurance right yeah yeah and so if you were able to give yourself that reassurance in those moments how would that change things for you
0: it would just be so empowering and things would calm down a lot quicker.
1: Yeah. It would be nice. Yeah. And because you are, you are a nurse, you're going to feel and see and experience this all the time. Like, you know that. Like, you are. And it's so funny, right? Because we design our lives. You are in the perfect place and the perfect point in time to heal this fear you have literally your highest self has gone and the universe has said we're going to do this and we're going to do it we're going to do it hard you know we're going to put it in front of us let's go yeah and that's where like sometimes it can be really frustrating that your triggers are in front of you all the time but also it can be really empowering to think damn some part of me did this some part of me wants to figure this out and is giving me a million opportunities to do so yeah so what I want you to imagine and what I might do is take you through a little in a child healing session, just a short one. And I want you to see, feel, and experience what it feels like in those moments. I'm going to ask you, like, I'll just think of the guided meditation, right? And at times I might ask you to return, like, I might ask you, you know, what are you feeling? What do they want to say? What's coming up? I might ask you those things so you can speak those out loud. Um, and again, you're in control of this experience at any time if it gets too much or if that feeling really starts to wash over you because what I want to do is bring in the a small a really really small amount of the feeling of uncomfortableness that you were feeling really small really gentle because we almost want to and again it's called the titration method where instead of going and facing you know your scariest triggers right away and and going and having that horrible feeling wash over you and and forcing you in the deep end what your inner child needs is proof proof that they can get through it and that everything's going to be okay because right now all your inner child thinks is whenever i'm going to feel that discomfort whenever i feel that feeling of nausea or whatever happens when that happens it's just a horrible fucking experience and i hate it Right. So over time, we want to work to slowly change the story and say, hey, when that happens, which it is, like I think vomiting sadly is a part of life. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's what it is. And it's a part of your life as a nurse as well. Right. But slowly, we want to build the belief that you can feel that feeling and you can be okay and you can get through it. And perhaps the time gets shorter and shorter, perhaps the intensity starts to change. And that's what you're working to. And this is something I want to preface that's so important whenever you're working with a fear. Your fears exist for a reason and they're never going to go away entirely. It's just as simple as that. But what does change is how you start to respond to them and how how you feel around them, how often they come up. But they are probably going to exist. You'll your brain is like we don't even know how deep our memories go we don't even know how deep our subconscious and unconscious mind is but they are there will be random things that trigger it from time to time but your number one goal is to be, build the belief in yourself that you can be okay in that feeling and you can support yourself through it how would that feel if you felt that
0: it would just feel
1: yeah just unreal like I just want to scream with joy. Yeah, I can do it on my own. Yes. Yeah, I can do it. on. And do you, do you yeah. feel your inner child really alive right now? Being like, yes, I can do it on my own. I don't I do. have to rely on people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so they want it. They don't want to always have to ask for help. Yeah. And what's so beautiful now is that you can have, so rather than rather than your inner child driving and you being your adult self being stuck in the trunk, our goal is to get you sitting side by side right? Our goal is for you to about and gently put your hand on the steering wheel and say, hey, it's all good. Let me help you with this fear. You shouldn't be driving. You're six years old. You don't know how to drive. Hey, honey, let me drive. That's your goal, okay? (laughs) Rather than throwing your inner child away and putting them in the trunk and wishing they never existed, your goal is to help them feel seen, heard, and supported. And that's what we'll do. Just what's going to be really short, really simple, and really easy. But I just want to show you what that process might look like. Because like I said, this is going to be something we know with the subconscious mind that repetition is very powerful. And this is simply to build a new neural pathway. Because right now the pathway goes, your trigger is, you know, feeling that uncomfortable feeling. Maybe there's a bit of boredom behind it. And then you start feeling that fear, that wave of sickness, or perhaps you see You see, you know, someone who you're like, oh my God, they're going to get me sick. I'm going to get sick and it's going to be horrible. And that fear of death is lingering behind there. So your body automatically goes into those reactions. Okay. Our goal here is to slow that response time to put a pause in there. So you can kind of veer off and make a new neural pathway. One that you've designed, which will be something along the lines of feeling that feeling of uncomfortableness or seeing the trigger in front of you. And making the choice to bring your inner parent forward and to start meeting the needs of your inner child right away, giving yourself that reassurance before it's even began. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I will give you a little exercise as well that I'm going to get you to do every day because that's repetition is so key with this work. All right. So I'll get you now. We're just going to do, be less than five minutes. If you want to sit back, close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. And what we're going to do now is we're going to go on a journey to meet your inner child. And I want you to focus on meeting this part of you that holds these fears. So thinking about a beautiful, safe place that you'd like to take them that feels really comfortable, might be somewhere outside in nature or somewhere in your home. And just share with me now out loud where you'd like to take them. In down at the beach down at the beach beautiful so just imagining setting the scene in your mind visualizing the beach and visualizing now your adult self as you are today and you are the parent in this scenario you are parenting yourself you're parenting your child so you stepping in today into the beach And you're going to choose to set the beach up, maybe with some chairs or a blanket or a cushion, maybe some toys, whatever you think the six-year-old part of you needs to feel really safe, to feel really comfortable getting to know you. And now I want you to imagine that your inner child is coming forward, the part of you that fears all of these things that we've spoken about today. It has this big fear around vomiting. Just allow themselves to present themselves to you at any age, in any clothes, in any state. And just share with me out loud what it is you see right now, if you're seeing anything at all.
0: I see like a girl like around
1: six or eight. Six or eight, yeah. Yeah. How does she feel energy-wise? Is she happy? Is she sad? Is she anxious? She's very anxious. Very anxious. How can you tell?
0: Just the way, like, her body is looking. She looks quite like her body language is showing that she looks Mm. quite down,
1: worried. Beautiful. So I want you to just now, I want you to greet her as your adult self in whatever way feels right for you. So it might be welcoming her in for a big hug or it might be just reaching out a hand for her or saying, hey, do you want to come and sit down? Just creating that safe space and introducing yourself. Introducing who you are, telling her that you are her inner parent. You are the adult version of you, of her. You are the parent that is responsible. You are the parent that is kind. You are the parent that is understanding. And you are the parent that is here to support her in all of this anxiety that she's feeling. And I want you to ask her now, what is she most afraid of? And if there's an answer that comes, just share that with me out loud.
0: I yeah, guess she's scared of the unknown, like if anything bad's going to happen to her. Mm. And what happens if something bad happens to her? Feels like she loses control.
1: Ooh, wow. Loses control. What's so scary about losing control? I
0: guess just allowing someone else to look after you and not knowing. What's gonna happen? Mm.
1: So, what does she need from you right now as her parents to, to let you take a bit of the control and responsibility? What does she need to hear from you? What does she need to know about you to feel safe? Maybe
0: to tell her that like it's okay, I've got this. I can I can look after you, you can trust me.
1: Beautiful what happens when you tell her i've got this you can trust me what happens to her
0: there's kind of a part where she wants to believe it Mm -hmm. and she does to a certain extent but not not fully beautiful
1: can you ask her what would it take to build trust And she might not even have an answer, yeah. Not if there's any not answer, yet. Beautiful, beautiful. How about instead of that, could you ask her or tell her, could we go on a journey of building trust together? We're getting a yes from her, yeah? Yeah. Beautiful. And again, I just want you to ask her, When she's experiencing this fear of losing control, which is really funny because that's exactly what that vomiting feels like, isn't it? It does. I'm going to lose control. What does she need to hear from you? What are the things she needs the most in those moments that's going to help her?
0: I keep thinking of like comfort, just being told it's going to be okay.
1: Good. Yeah. And how does she seek comfort? How do, what feels comfortable to her? Is it physical through a hug or a kiss or is it more words of reassurance?
0: I keep like thinking like just even a pat
1: on the back. Just pat on the back, yeah. And the words saying it's okay, you're going to be okay. Beautiful. I want you to just do that with her now just as our last moment for one minute. I just want you to visualize really powerfully your adult self. Doing exactly that, rubbing her back and just telling her it's going to be okay. She's already feeling that anxiety. You know, you can feel that in her. She's already feeling a little bit scared of losing control and of even having you here, someone she's never really met before, you know. I just want you to do that for a minute and just visualize that and see how it feels. And just notice notice what should, what changes within her or what doesn't change keeping your beautiful breath moving in and out.
0: I can see her feeling more comfortable, like her posture is sitting up more upright now. Yeah. Starting to believe that I'm going to be okay. Beautiful.
1: Just do that for 10 more seconds. beautiful and now as you prepare to say goodbye to her i want you to tell her something really important which is your fears your worries they're all so valid i care about you i care about all of the worries that you have and the fears that you have in this world i'm here to support you in them you're no longer alone And we're here to do this together. And I'm committed to coming back here to you every day. And tell her she can stay here at the beach. She can play. And taking a big deep breath and just coming back into your own body, feeling your fingers and your hands, opening your eyes when you're ready. Beautiful. Beautiful. How did that feel, kids? just to connect with her?
0: Yeah, it was very daunting. I've never done that before. <laughs> you did, you <laughs> did it like a pro. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And I could feel like I could feel where the anxiety was holding in. Yeah. Where I was holding it around my neck and my chest.
1: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So Kez, what I really want to do for you, I'm going to record for you just a really short five-minute practice. This is my favorite way to pull everything in. I love creating personalized practices for people because it goes deep into what you're feeling and experiencing. And I want you to do this every day if you can for a week, perhaps a month, perhaps a year. I want you to do it as often as you can. And the reason for that is to support that new neural pathway and connecting itself. And what we're doing here is in the practice, it's going to be something similar to that, but I'm going to add in that feeling of discomfort. So you can feel and support yourself and your own body as you go through that. So you can imagine that you're going to support your inner child and riding the wave and then coming back down from it. Okay. So I'll get that to you very soon. But I think that that your inner child is really who's coming to life in that. But how does it feel now looking back at the fear, looking back at what we've done? Isn't it amazing what you can do in less than an hour? <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. It feels like this massive journey. Like, yeah. honestly, yeah, I've taken a lot away from this.
1: Beautiful. What have, you, really what have you learned? What's really stuck out to you so that people at home can hear? What's changed? Gosh, I reckon there's so
0: much. Like Just going through the process of it. There is one, there is a good reason why this is happening. It is valid how I'm feeling. Yeah. Taking that silliness away that I'm actually not silly. And it probably, Mm. I think the biggest amazing thing is just realizing that it's a six-year-old self and then me being the adult and knowing the difference, but they just just want to fight each other.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's where you get to come in and go, hey, we don't have to fight anymore. We both want the same thing. We both want to not feel afraid right? But you get to step in and, and take over the wheel. That's how I always love to imagine it is that there's a little six year old going, why am I driving? I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing, you know? And I like seeing that stress and that fear that exists in them and seeing how real. So for that process that we just did, everyone at home, I want you to hear the first and most important step for kids right there was validation, and changing the story, changing the story of these fears and why they exist, validating the importance of that. And that in in itself will be more than enough to shift how you experience and the next time the trigger comes up. And with the support of the practice, the short five-minute practice will get you to do each day that will hopefully implant some new thoughts in there inside your subconscious so that they're easier to rely or to grab onto when those feelings are coming through. And it will, be, it will be a process, it will be a journey. But I know that you know that you're capable of this. And I know that you're excited to support this part of yourself and to stop fighting it and to tell her you, you fucking matter. You matter and your fears are valid and it's okay. Like I'm here. And you saw instantaneously in that journey with your inner child, you felt that resistance, right? They're like, uh, I want to trust you, but I don't really believe you. I don't know who you are, right? And this is you building a relationship with that part of you. And so you'll start to notice when your inner child comes up in your life, right? You'll start to notice when they, especially you felt it there when they were like, yeah, I can do it on my own, you know, like you'll start to notice them showing up. You'll start to notice, especially when you're being creative or when you're at the beach, you know, experiencing lots of joyful feelings, you feel your inner child right there. You feel your youngest, your younger parts of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this beautiful journey of, of repairing this relationship with your inner child and of becoming your wise inner parent to support yourself in this anxiety and this fear. And I'll be so interested to see how this changes things for you. Okay.
0: I know. I'm so keen. I just, I'm keen to do the homework every day and see what happens.
1: Yeah. And see what happens from there. Exactly. And like, and take it, just, just take it wherever it needs to go. But thank you so much, Giz, for coming on. That was a beautiful episode. And I'm really excited to share this with people. Is there anything that you want to say to anyone, anyone who might be experiencing anxiety, anything, anyone who experiences this, anything you want to share before we close up? Probably just
0: that you're not alone. Like just, tell yourself that it's going to be okay whether you believe it or not and go and do the work because it's honestly life-changing. Knowing people like you and doing this work, it really does change your life.
1: Wow, what an incredible episode. I really want to take a moment to honour Kez's vulnerability throughout that episode. She was so open and brave and being guided live on a podcast to meet your inner child is just friggin' incredible. So I want to celebrate her and I want to celebrate you for taking a moment to listen and to be committed to this journey of becoming your most boundless self. Now, inner child healing is the biggest task for kids at the moment. And if you really resonated with that, if you really want to grow the inner parent inside of you, if you want to learn to become secure within yourself, to be able to support yourself through your fears, your pains your struggles, if you want to learn how to be able to get outside your comfort zone and feel the fear and do it anyway, reparenting and healing that relationship with your inner child is going to be of huge value to you. Inner child healing and reparenting is a key piece of the foundational work I get all of my clients to do. And so much so that I created an inner child healing workshop. And this is a prerequisite for all of my coaching clients to complete before they start the journey of working with me. This workshop is available for purchase and I want to plug it here. It is a 90-minute amazing workshop where you're not just sitting there hearing me talk, you're going through experiences, you're not only learning about the inner child and about the inner parent and what they are, but you're going through deep healing experiences and doing different types of exercises to see and feel what way you can best connect with your inner child and how you specifically, not generally everyone, but how you specifically can do this work moving forward. Plus, I have added even more value to this experience. I've added a seven-day integrational healing period where you basically have a 10-minute guided either practice, meditation, task or exercise to do for seven days to help you in this journey to support you after that big experience that you'll have inside the workshop and to bring it into your everyday life I'm really proud of this incredible workshop and I love that it's live there's people in this workshop sharing their feelings and experiences as they come through and as you know I love vulnerability and it heals so if you want to purchase that it's 44 New Zealand dollars it's an amazing place to start your journey I'll pop the link here in the show notes otherwise you can reach it through my website or my Instagram the link in my bio Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Boundless Self podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I want your help as this podcast is brand spanking new. Please leave a review and give it five stars as this really helps the podcast to be more visible on my podcast hosting platforms. And the number one thing you can do to help is to please share this Share this episode with anyone you think wants to be or is already on the journey to becoming boundless. Share this to your social media stories and make sure to tag me, I'm at kathleen.mindsetcoach. If you are struggling and want further support with everything I've spoken about today, you've loved the vibe of this podcast. There are multiple ways to work with me. Check out my website, which is kathleen.mindsetcoach.com to see the options. Right now, I have four spots open to join my signature 12-week one-to-one transformation program. This program is a place of deep healing and transformation. For those of you who know, you've been carrying some stuff around for way too long and you're ready to deal with your shit. You just know that change is possible. Inside of this program, we work very closely together with myself and another practitioner to help you on the journey of making your dream life a reality. We do this by finally learning to take the action instead of feeling stuck all the time. The spots to start this program start very soon. So if you're curious, the best way to learn more is by booking in a free connection call with me. I'll drop the link to my calendar below in the show notes. This is a free 30-minute chat, just you and me to really get to know each other, explore the areas that you've been struggling in and explore how this program can help you on your journey to becoming boundless. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Here's to becoming your most boundless self and I will see you in the next episode.